How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoli. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. Way. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, everybody, episode 101 of Thanks, Bud. And unlike last year when we were recording around this time in April, the Kings are in the playoffs. Hooray. So there will be more episodes. It's an exciting time. Or, I mean, it's supposed to be exciting. I actually kind of have a problem with the Kings right now. But it's okay. It's mostly okay. Playoff time is here. I mean, it's good that playoff time is here, but I'm kind of tired of playing the Sharks. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's fair enough, right? I agree with that. I guess we can start by talking about how the Kings put up an amazing effort against the Anaheim Ducks, which is something that I wasn't like sure would happen because they recently seem to have difficulty against the Ducks, but they played really well. They win that, so it's like, all right, all they got to do is beat Winnipeg, this non-playoff team, and they have the division. And then they go up three goals, it's 3-0. It's so frustrating. It's so amazing. (laughs) And then they throw it away. I watched until the three goals, and it was like, I think I know how this is going to end. (laughs) I have the rest of, like, my evening. I need to go do things. I'm pretty sure they got no. this in the bag. I was proven so incredibly wrong. I had this because I feel like in the last little stretch, or at least the last few games, there have been times where they allow goals at the end of periods. So I think it was at the end of the second period or near the end of the second period where um, the Jets first scored. And I was like, this is going to be a time where they either finish strong. I was like, if they finish strong in the second, they got it. They will win the division. I will be so happy. They allowed a goal. (laughs) And then they allowed another goal. (laughs) And then the third started, and pretty early into it, they let them tie it. So the Kings played really well for half the game. And then just kind of, I guess they thought they had it too, and then they just stopped. And then they super lost it. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe this will be good motivation for the rest of the playoffs to not, like, ever take their foot off the gas. You know, just like maybe this is like a regular season. I mean, kind of meaningless in in terms of getting into the playoffs, but not so meaningless when it comes to, you know, matching up which teams to play in the first round. But good that it happened then. Maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, we it's three periods. We should play all of them. Um, that's a good point, and I I do think that is. I mean, which we'll get into a little bit. One of my concerns about the Kings heading into this playoff series in particular, um, let alone a long run, is what their motivation is and <laughs> like their actors. <laughs> what am I what am I doing? All right, here? James Lipton. Let's t- <laughs> let's ask the players and delve into their minds. What is your what is your motivation behind this particular play? Right. So but we'll get into that. Um but but maybe you're right. Like this having that little bit of an embarrassment at the end of the season and not finishing strong um, and getting the the division win, which is not even what I wanted from that. I wanted them to have the matchup against the Predators because I'm tired of watching the Sharks. Still, they could have also had a division banner, which would have been nice. Doesn't mean a whole lot, but it would have been pretty cool. It would have been cool. So maybe they're a little frustrated with themselves too, and that'll motivate them 
Uh, because at the very least, what I do not want to see is a repeat of 2014's Game 1 and 2. So please, please don't somehow let that happen. Oh, that would be, that would be awful. <laughs> although Amazing, but terrible. <laughs> although at this point, I feel like regardless, because the Kings are playing the Sharks, if the Kings win or lose, it still seems dangerous. <laughs> to, yeah, to like sure. the sharks and sharks fans it's like well i don't know what's gonna happen who knows like it's still scary either way that i think that's fascinating because i think that and and maybe this is just me overestimating how important it is for the sharks to beat the kings but from my point of view i think it's so important for the sharks to win this series i mean they've got not just 2014, though that is probably, like, obviously, it was the most recent series that they played. It was the most devastating. Um, but they also lost to them in 2013. And so some ways it feels like the only way for the Sharks to get to the Stanley Cup is by slaying the dragon <laughs> that is the LA Kings. But at the same time, the Kings are so good. Like, there's, I think they're the better team. Um, so it will be such a task for them to do that, that do they accidentally, like wear themselves out in the first round and then they can't make it all the way if they win yeah that's crazy the kings are definitely like the the big bad boss at the end of the the level uh the sharks can't seem to get around and that worries me Mm -hmm. yeah because if it was i mean the river sweep was was bad enough and that would be motivation enough but this isn't just like one series that they're you know getting revenge for it's it's a lot there's there's many things for them to get back for and like that extra bit of motivation you know all of the players that have been on the sharks for so long or i I mean guys that you think of when you think of the sharks that i mean by all means should get a cup um trying to you know give that extra little push against the kings it makes me i i agree i think the kings are definitely the better team but that sort of intangible you know, element makes me slightly concerned. Yeah, and I don't necessarily put a whole lot of stock into those type of narratives from game to game in the regular season because, like, even a series between two teams that play a lot in the regular season are so spread out generally that it doesn't really always matter. But I think in a concentrated setting, like a playoff series, that kind of will and motivation can really change how um, a team plays, uh, how different individual guys respond to different things. And I think going into this series, um, that when it comes to mindset and sort of narrative and like having something to prove, the Sharks have more to prove specifically against the Kings. Like I think the Kings have other things to prove, but they don't have anything to prove to the Sharks <laughs> at all. Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of that's like kind of yeah, that's task. kind of like with the Washington Capitals. They have something to prove in the playoffs, like, in general, but not against, like, a particular team that they're playing. So, yeah, that added sort of, you know, they're playing this person, this team who has, like, beaten them down all these years uh, is just something a little extra for them. Okay, so talk a little bit more about how the Kings sort of shake out just on paper. Uh, The Kings obviously had the better season record. They finished 48-28-6 for 102 points, which even though they had sort of a disappointing sort of stretch run at the end there, they have had a pretty phenomenal season, especially 
bouncing back, so to speak, from last season, even though I think last season they probably should have made the playoffs were it not for random overtime luck and also the Flames having a lot of luck. Um, But still, they responded to what was for them in this era a poor season by, you know, breaking, not just meeting, but breaking the 100-point mark, um, setting a new franchise record for wins in a single season. That's pretty dope. Um, all of the fancy stats, people who have their different models that they've set up to predict a winner, have the Kings as the biggest favorite to win the Stanley Cup this season. So they're in a great position. Um, They are, once again, the top team in possession. They have, at even strength, 56% Corsi 4. The Sharks, in comparison, are 51-ish, a little over 51%, which is good enough for 13. So about average, um, not bad. They're two really good teams. Um, Kings obviously probably a nightmare for the Sharks. I think as much as Kings fans probably weren't looking forward to them playing the Sharks, it's 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 even worse if you're a Sharks. <laughs> it's terrifying because it's like oh fuck uh, you um, again. <laughs> yeah. So at least we are all going into this very worried and scared. Possibly a little excited. I don't know. I, I'm excited. It's the playoffs. I can't not be excited for the playoffs. But I would have liked something a little different, namely the Nashville Predators. For sure. I think, yeah, I think, like, once the games start, I'll be totally into it. But in terms of, like, initial intrigue, I was like, oh, it's these guys again. Like, because we know know them pretty well, at least the core. Like, there are some differences on each team that are kind of interesting. But um, the, the main cast, so to speak, still the same. Yeah. Part of the difference is is in the goaltending. The Sharks have not just one new goaltender, but two. <laughs> um, no Niemi, no Staylock. They have got Martin Jones, a familiar face for Kings fans. Um, and, you know, we've seen him in goal against the Kings during the regular season, but he only played in relief of Jonathan Quick when he was with the Kings in the playoffs. So he's got kind of a, a test for himself about being a starter in a series Um which I think will be very interesting to watch to see how he responds to that. Uh, comparatively, Quick and Jones, way closer than I might have guessed <laughs> in the numbers. Like, they both finished the regular season with a 918 save percentage. They have the exact same save percentage on the penalty kill at 873. And um, Quick has a slight edge at even strength. He has a 929 save percentage, and Jones has a 925. Kind of fascinating how close they are. So... It could all come down to which goaltender makes one more mistake, basically. I don't but know. I think this is one of those things where experience definitely plays into it. Jonathan Quick True. in the playoffs, knowing that like there's no there's no rest. Like these games matter. Every single one matters and like that pressure and all of that, he's obviously he obviously has the advantage and the experience to back that up. And I think that's gonna give him a little a little edge over Martin Jones. Not that I don't think that Jones is a very good goaltender and can keep his wits about him, but I think the the playoff atmosphere breeds something a little bit different that he might not be used to and it might mess with him just a little. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him try to rise to that challenge. And I think maybe I don't I mean I don't know for sure, but let me pose an idea that of all the kings on the roster, like Jonathan Quick in this series might be the one who has the most to prove because people gave him so much shit for the way that he played 
in the series against the Sharks and in general in that 2014 run. Like, he wasn't very good with the exception of elimination games in the final round. In the final round, he was amazing. Um, But in all the other three series, he had a lot of trouble. And so I think him, he might be the only person that's got to, like, I got to rebuild my big game reputation a little bit. That could be interesting. When you have, like, a year like 2012 and then you go to 2014 and are not 2012 Jonathan Quick, it's it's like yeah. a long way to fall. So I think he's just kind of like re like readjusting everyone's expectations of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting to see which version of Jonathan Quick shows up in this run. I mean, he he was really good in 2012. He was strong in 2013. He was kind of terrible at parts of 2014 and then really great in the moments where they absolutely needed him. So it's so it'll be an interesting mix of things of history as he comes into into this and I think it'll be fun to see how he responds to I don't know, some of the craziness around his own narrative, which who knows if he pays attention to it. He acts like he doesn't, but maybe he does. I would think that he does. He likes to play it cool, but he knows what's going on. I'm excited for playoff Jonathan Quick because he gets real feisty. I like I like yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, he's already pretty feisty all the time these days. <laughs> I think, like, after every playoff sort of run, he just doesn't come down as much anymore. <laughs> like, his chill is just gone. He just doesn't really have any. Yep. So he, he was already pretty hype during the regular season this year, and I'm excited to see what new level he can reach in the postseason. Yeah, I, I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, another change is we were pretty used to, up until Daryl Sutter switched some things in that 70s line took over against the Sharks last time, um, we're pretty used to seeing Joe Thornton take major advantage of Mike Richards on the ice. We will not get to see that this time, for obvious reasons. And something that actually Jules from the Crown pointed out on their podcast earlier was that through the regular season, Joe Thornton has been most matched up against Andre Kopitar, and he's still, Joe Thornton being as awesome as he is at his position, uh, seems to have a little bit of an advantage. I, w- I won't even say seems to. He has 59% course before against Kopitar, which is, you know, pretty impressive. So I think that'll be something to really watch, is having those two big guys up against each other and see who comes out um, the victor, so to speak. But obviously, already the gap is smaller than when it was like Joe Thorne versus Mike Richards, and Joe Thorne basically like ragdolled <laughs> Mike Richards around the ice constantly. It was so, it was really no competition there. It was just rough all the time. <laughs> um, so there won't be that, but there is sort of a new element there um, to watch because, of course, like the Sharks have a new coach also, um, and and he he I guess runs a team a little differently. The systems are a little bit different, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, also this, that 70s line, which ended up being a big part of what helped put the Kings back into that series have been broken up for a lot of this season. So do you think Daryl Sutter will try to put them together again at some point? Do you think we'll see someone else kind of surprise and have like a little bit of a breakout? I don't know. What are you expecting? I guess from the Kings? I don't expect that 70s line to kind of come back and save the day again. I feel like Lucic might have a pretty big postseason. I feel like he's mm. he's he's reading pretty high from being traded and and how well he's done during the regular season, and I think that might continue on um, through the playoffs. He might be 
the Gabrick of this play, like the first round at least. That could be really That's my prediction. While we're on the subject of Lucic, how do you feel about him as the Kings now that the regular season is over? Um, What do you think? I'm so amped on him. (laughs) I'm like like way (laughs) into it. Obviously, we were not big fans of him before. Um, but he's done really well on the Kings. He hasn't made any, like, huge mistakes. He hasn't taken, like, a ton of dumb penalties and scoring goals. He has adorable chest bumps with Alec Martinez. Like, I can't really ask for too much more at this point. So I'm like, Lucic, fine. Welcome to the fold. Please do well in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. We were super not stoked (laughs) when that trade happened. Because, you know, to be fair, they did give up a lot for him. And I still don't necessarily think I like that trade. But he has at least held up his end of the deal really well. And he is is produced. I think um, when he first came over, the predictions were that he would score about 20 goals and have 40-something points. He did hit the 20-goal mark, and he actually has 50-something points. So that's pretty dope. Thank you, Milan Lucic. His uh, penalty minutes were about average, I think. I don't think there was that much difference from what he had done in the previous year or something like that. And I can't can't hate him for it if he's scoring goals and, you know, getting assists at the same time. I'm like, fine, go ahead. Sometimes you got to take a penalty, whatever. If he wasn't scoring goals, if he didn't have chemistry, I'd be like, you're garbage, please go away. But I'll take it. Right, true. True. Yeah, and I don't think there were a lot of instances that I can remember, not a ton of them, where it seemed like a penalty he took cost them a game. Um, so, so yeah, I don't really have any complaints about it. So I just, I feel like it's important to acknowledge we were not stoked about Milan Lucic, but he delivered, and so I'm happy. And I would, I would be so excited if he had a really big postseason starting with this series because I do think it would be helpful if they had someone in the lineup who just got really hot and gave them a little bit of an edge. (laughs) I think Milan Lucic could be that guy. I mean, I know that Tyler Toffoli, he hit his 30. We're all very excited about that. Woo! But... And, and and not to say that he's not going to like continue down that line, but for whatever reason, I feel like Lucic has a little bit more like fire in him, and like yeah. wanting to prove something, getting into the playoffs. So I think that he's going to have that extra little jump to, you know, give the Kings a little bit more offense. So I'm I'm hoping that he'll have a pretty good postseason. Yeah, me too. Um, and just to backtrack, it's super dope that Tyler Toffoli hit 30 goals. I'm so excited. It's super awesome. I did not realize that it's been so long for any Kings player to hit 30 goals. Oh, yeah. I, I sort of knew that in the back of my head until, like, what, 2009, 2010 is what it was uh, when Andre Kovchar so. did it. That sounds great. Um, that's it's a long time, guys. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> I just – I think because we're – so used to certain guys like scoring a bunch of goals and stuff that it's sometimes easy to forget how difficult that is in the NHL to have 30 goal scorers. There are fewer than 50 of them this season. There might be fewer than 40. I haven't um, gone back. I didn't go back after Sunday to see exactly where everybody netted out, but there are maybe fewer than 40. And Tyler Toffoli is among the, that very, very small group of hundreds of players, like out of hundreds of guys. That little, that little souffle. The little souffle is yeah. uh, a score 30, 30 goals. goals. 31, actually. So Fantastic. Amazing. I'm so excited that he did it. I'm so excited that Kopitar had another 17-point season. The Kings effed me. 
on the John <laughs> the Quick 920 or better, but it's fine. I'll, you know, two out of three ain't bad. That's true. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, back to playoffs. The Kings have some injuries to consider. Only one, I think, is or two are super, super relevant. Starting with Alec Martinez, who has been day-to-day, I still am not sure what is wrong with Alec Martinez. But now I'm kind of like, we haven't, I think he's practicing finally, but he was kind of just gone for a little bit. And I'm like, is it bad? Is the injury worse than we thought? Are you okay? I'm hoping, I hope he's I'm okay. hoping it's just like general malaise and the fact that he wasn't necessarily needed at the end was like, all right, if you're not feeling tip-top, take some time off like you don't need to be in it um so i'm hoping it's not an indication of like a greater injury just that they had the luxury of spare games to kind of rest him up a little bit so that's my my fingers crossed idea there i hope so and i think um the positive thing about it is that they haven't indicated that it is much worse it's just sort of like that thing where i'm just like is no news good news (laughs) (laughs) or or is it actually terrible news that you just don't want to tell me yet? <laughs> um, but I hope it, it, he really is just sort of day-to-day and he will be fine and strong in the playoffs because I think the Kings have had enough question marks um, with having three set pairings that they don't need to then have a question about what their top four is going to be. Um, so I hope Martinez is fine. Um, something that I totally forgot about, he's not really relevant for this playoff run, but something that I completely forgot about was that Jordan Nolan had surgery for a herniated disc. Uh, and when I was reviewing which players were injured today, I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I haven't seen Jordan Nolan in a while. Anyway, there's no timetable for his return. He's still recovering from surgery. Yeah, I don't care too much about that one. <laughs> I completely forgot. I'm so sorry. He's so handsome, but I don't miss him either. Yeah, he's he's handsome off the ice, but on the ice, I could kind of take him. Anyway, he's not going to be back. Um, Matt Green, skating, still no timetable for his return, and he's been out for pretty much the entire season, it feels like, at this point. Yep. So um, I would not rush to put him into the lineup, um, but he continues to skate, try to get better. Gabrick is the other big question mark. He is skating. He is – Slutter talked about it in a kind of a funny way, as he is wont to do. He just said he's not available. When asked what that meant, like, is he expected to be healthy at some point in the series? You know, what's up? He said, quote, I'm not God. I'm not a doctor. I'm closer to a veterinarian than a doctor. <laughs> End quote. That's what Daryl Slater had to say. He's l- I don't really know what that has to do with He's like reversed okay. Dr. McCoying it. Like, instead of being <laughs> like, I'm not a physicist, I'm a doctor, it's like, I'm not a doctor, I'm also not God, maybe I'm not anything. Like, he's just like, here are all the things that I'm not. But I'm closer, oh, I, a veterinarian I, I only just got why he's closer to a veterinarian than I, because for, I forgot forgot about, like, farmhand Daryl Sutter, like, who lives on a farm. Oh, right, right, right. Hence That's the vet. True. But for a while, I was like, do you see your players as animals? <laughs> How, where is this Where is this going? And then... Why did you bring that you know, up? And then I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is, like, a rancher. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Pretty... I don't know. That was hilarious to me, though. <laughs> so no real updates from him, but Gabrick is skating, and hopefully that means that he is available. 
if not in this series, hopefully the Kings make it to the second round. So maybe Gabbert can come in uh, later. Because I think they need as much depth as possible, especially if they're not entirely sure what their defense is going to look like. They've had, again, they've had some trouble down the stretch, but they've been distracted. <laughs> After, like once they clinched, it was like, we're here sort of, but not entirely. So um, we'll see what the defense looks like. And I would rather just have to worry about the defense and have as, you know, as many sort of guns in there as possible at the forward position. So if we get Gabrick back in there, maybe he could score some stuff. Um, but we'll see. They're going to start without him, though, it sounds like. Which is fine. It'll be okay. A little treat for Diane. My grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, Pierre Lebrun specifically, thought to ask Robin Regeer what he thought about the Kings and Sharks playing each other again. Which I was like, oh, how sweet. (laughs) (laughs) He talked both about the 2014 series and what he expected from this series. From this series, he was like, it's going to be drama again. And um, an interesting thing was, basically he talked about the attitude and, and how important that is going into any series. About 2014, he said, quote, even though we got down 3-0, we had, we had started to turn things around and had a better attitude. We were able to make adjustments. I don't think there was ever a feeling that we couldn't come back. I don't think we were worried about the outcome of the series. Daryl's really strong to just focus even more on the smaller things, period by period, shift by shift. That slowly built out. That slowly built the outcome that Daryl wanted. And once we got that first win, the challenge was to focus the pressure on them, them being the Sharks. Um, which I think also sort of brings back what we touched on earlier, the idea of like, what are the Kings focused on? What motivates them? And I think as long as they keep that clear, um, they can really make an impact uh, in this series and and be the team. I think everybody, most people agree that they're the stronger team, but they just got to focus (laughs) and really prove that. That definitely brings true to what Drew Daddy was saying during that series as well, where when they were down three, they didn't think too big picture about like, oh, we've got to win the next four in order to go on. It's like, okay, next game. You just got to win this one. Um, or maybe Dustin Brown talked about that. Uh, and then you just got to win the next one, the next one. So it's, I mean, obviously Regeer is saying the same thing. You just kind of break it down. You don't get too bogged down on like the pressures of all of it, like having to win so many games and like all of this pressure, just like, all right, go play, play a solid shift. All right, solid period, solid game, one game at a time, like one foot in front of the other. So I think that's a really good kind of mindset to take things to not get too bogged down on like the narrative and how many games you have to win. like just play a good game and the rest will come yeah another thing that Regeer mentioned was just they tried to get him to talk a little bit about how the Kings felt I guess when they realized they had an opportunity to win the four games and really make a strong comeback and whether or not it seemed like the Sharks seemed weakened in any way um, in terms of confidence and whatnot because there was that quote way later I think after maybe after the entire run was done uh, or maybe before the final I can't remember exactly but Dowdy said that once they had won game four they definitely felt that they could win that series and they tried to get Regeer to comment on that and he wouldn't specifically but he did say that you know you do at least individually in games when you latch on to the idea that maybe you've gotten into the other guy's head or whatever 
you get like joy <laughs> from just like digging in and making it worse, basically. Which so delights me. Like the idea of yeah. Robin Regeer like looking at that one gif of Joe Thornton over and over again and that like giving him life <laughs> yeah. is beautiful. But basically, like, yeah, that's what I imagine, just them starting to see that they could do that to Joe Thornton and then just just going. <laughs> Let's just twist the knife until he is absolutely dead. So their motivational posters are just sad players from the other team. <laughs> that really just like be what that like is. half second when you're like, oh, some we broke something inside. And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. paste that all over the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what the Kings um, need to do, which kind of tie into another thing. Like Dean Lombardi had a bunch of quotes today just talking about a range of stuff as he does. One of them was talking about the Kings challenge, I guess, going into this playoff run. And basically he said that they're not absolute, maybe absolute. They're one of their biggest things to deal with is the expectations now. Like, you know, the, the first run in 2012, people weren't expecting it. It was a surprise possibly to the team as well. <laughs> the, the things went so well for them um, through most of that run. And then they had the grueling 2014 series. So it's kind of, he said the challenge for them, I will read uh, part of his quote, was, okay, so he says, clearly we lost some clutch players, but it was, I don't want to say by design, but at some point we knew we were going to turn over the reins to the core that came through the system with our top players. But with it comes expectations, and that's a very different animal. So to me, that's the biggest difference. But that's where you want to be. You're not only trying to build a team, you're trying to build a culture. Those are two massively different things. I think this is a huge challenge. So to me, that's the biggest difference. That's a mindset. And I think um, that just kind of reinforces the same thing. Like, I think the Kings are a very good team. I think when there are high stakes, they have both a lot of confidence and use that skill to their complete advantage. I think their challenge maybe as a team is the consistency, which I think people have talked about a lot. Like they should be a team that when they are up against a lesser opponent are like, actually, we're just going to crush you. and We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I think for them, they've, the players have talked about at different points in the past, how they like to play with their backs against the wall. And it's like, you can't actually, you don't have to be the underdog. <laughs> actually, you could just crush. That's honestly okay. what I'm kind of afraid about is that they are a favorite in a lot of people's predictions and I'm like they're not used to that how is this gonna work out yeah I think even in 2014 people so many people wanted to pick the Sharks because people just wanted it to be the Sharks year and and I mean they were good too like I don't want to take that away from them but they just had so much support that the Kings were kind of even though they were the the I guess the big bad kind of in a way it was like oh people, you know, are rooting for us kind of thing. And so now we're going to go down dramatically in the series <laughs> um, and have to dig our way out of it. And I, I don't, I feel like they kind of create drama for themselves and they don't really need to do that. God, they're like the middle school girls of the playoffs there. <laughs> you don't need the drama. They just live for it, okay? <laughs> they just need things to be It, it is an episode and, of like Laguna Beach. Or the hills. (laughs) I guess the hills. That is more location appropriate. True. Yes. Right. But they don't. They don't need to do that. I think they could just have the drama be how sad (laughs) and uh, disappointed they leave other teams. (laughs) 
pretty much. Just embrace being sort of the big bad villain, rolls into everybody's town and crushes their dreams. Yeah. That's what I like. <laughs> That's the drama I like. <laughs> I love it. But I think it's um, interesting how everybody is kind of touching on the same thing about the kings need to make sure they have the confidence, the mindset, et cetera, et cetera. That, that basically their biggest challenge is themselves yeah. in this playoff run. So what do you think? Um, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks. Who wins how many games? Oh, my God. That's so difficult. Um, am I going to go with my gut or am I going with logic? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with the right answer, <laughs> <laughs> which is the Kings. And I want to say six. It'll probably be seven, but I'm going to say six, actually, because I want to believe that they don't get stuck in their own head and that they do um, just play really well. Uh, my my pessimistic gut is like maybe this will be when the sharks overcome, but the kings are better, so I'm gonna pick the kings at six. <laughs> so I'm going I'm going kings in five. Nice. <laughs> don't know why, but I'm I'm just gonna say they'll give the sharks one game. I don't know where it's gonna be, but they'll be like, nah, no, nah, that that's pretty much all we can do. Right, right. And and come back. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be game one <laughs> again. Maybe just to give the sharks a little bit of hope, and they're like, "We're not even going to get to game three this time. We're just going to nip this in the bud yeah. right now." <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Kings are going to win. When the series was first set, when the Kings blew that lead to the Jets, I was like, "Well, the Sharks are going <laughs> to." I was like, "Through <laughs> with this team." But in actuality, I think the Kings are better. I think they will rise to the challenge of <laughs> not being the most unnecessarily dramatic team in the world. And I think they will beat the Sharks and go to round two. Excellent. Who do you think they're going to play in round two? Let's do our our like in round two. our minor predictions here uh, for all of the things. So Ducks versus Predators. Sure. What do we think? I I think it's going to be the Ducks. I think the Ducks are the too. better team. I do too. I want it to be the Predators. <laughs> I don't really know why, but um, I think it's going to be the Ducks. So it'll if it'll be Kings Ducks in the second round. I, it's going to be like a repeat of 2014 here. That that it's like a possibility. If yep. my dreams are crushed and nobody eliminates Chicago early, what if the Kings literally just repeat <laughs> 2014? How what if it's the Rangers again? Oh my I doubt that. It, I doubt that that would be the case. Yeah, I don't expect. The I, I think the Penguins far. are going to be. I think the Penguins are going to beat the Rangers in the first round. But Me um, too. that would be hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, I, St. Yeah. Louis. Maybe maybe this is their year. They have a pretty healthy uh, crew right now. I want it to be <clears throat> so badly. I think the I think the Blackhawks are super mediocre this season. So if the Blues are going to knock them out. This is the time. <laughs> it has to be now. And so I hope they finally make it happen. The Blackhawks are also without Duncan Keith for the first right. game, I think. Yeah. Um, so they should take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just kill them, <laughs> please. And then there's the Stars versus the Wild, which I think the Stars will come out on top. I hope the Stars come out on top. I think the Stars will win that. I don't do. I don't know. Is there a timetable at all on Tyler Sagan? I have no idea. I'm not sure. I have no idea. I forget what the original like when he. I don't remember any of the timing for his injury and when he was supposed to come back. Um, but I think they win it even without him. And I think whenever they get him back, that will help because I think if you do have a Stars Blues second round, 
the stars are going to need as many guys as possible, if only because I anticipate the Blues trying very hard to pulverize everyone yeah. <laughs> all the yes. time. <laughs> um, so it says that Tyler Sagan's availability for game one is still up in the air. So, oh, okay. Knows? All right. All right. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, New York. I think Pittsburgh will win. Yes, agreed. they're too. They're too hot right now with the coaching change mm-hmm. and how amped they've been playing. I, I think they're going to go pretty far. Yeah, their only question mark to me because I think they're supposed to get Malkin back, um, and I think they are supposed to get Flurry back. But the only question mark is like how good Flurry is to start because he was out. I think with a concussion, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we will see. But if he's strong, uh, it's easily the Penguins. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> and then Caps versus um, Flyers. I am torn about that. I am a little torn, but I'm going to pick the Caps. I'm kind of leaning towards the Flyers. Ooh, interesting. Why? I don't know. I, I feel like the Capitals' time was the regular season and that it's not going to translate to the playoffs. <laughs> oh, no. I feel bad about saying that, but I do. <laughs> and also with uh, – if we're going to talk about, like, intangibles and narratives and things like that, Ed Snyder just passed away, which is very sad unfortunate oh right and yes. there's mm-hmm. been a ton of things about you know players you know Giroux facetimed him being like we're playing this game for you um and all of these these things and so i feel like that's sort of like an intangible kind of motivation for them yeah uh, at there's least like in the first round versus yeah exactly at least in the first round you know like maybe that peters off later but i think that's going to be a big thing for right now it's obviously just happened right so, that's kind of my leading towards the Flyers thing. Although I would love to see the Capitals move on. I I don't yeah I don't have anything against either of those yeah. teams. Um, so I'm I'm really just excited for that series. I think it'll be a lot yeah. of fun. I'm excited. Okay, I have to say, like I did watch the game that the Flyers played where they clinched, and they were so excited. <laughs> about clinching um and then i think it you know probably makes even more sense once the news about ed snyder came out um so i i don't i'm really excited for them so i would i don't i'll be happy with either team winning because i think both do have things you can root for there um and uh they both play with a lot of passion yeah that's that's like that's an eastern conference one that i'm pretty excited about usually yeah, me too. I'm like half interested, or I'm interested in like one team, and so I. But I'm interested in that series, so I'm very excited to watch that one uh, shake out. I think that's probably going to be, for me at least, the most exciting series of the first round. Yeah, for me because I'll be dying over the the Kings. So that's not, exactly <laughs> that's not exciting. <laughs> I will not be enjoying it. I will just be yeah. suffering. All right, so more on the East, uh, Tampa and the Red Wings. I have no idea. I think the Red Wings, because I feel like Tampa's gone crazy. I don't know. I don't even know what's happening in Tampa. Stamkos doesn't have a rib. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) He just lost a little rib. It's just a little one. But the thing about Tampa is I think Ben Bishop has been very strong this season. Um, Victor Hedman has had a great season. Nikita Kucherov has had a great season. And Stamkos, not having Stamkos is a pretty big hit to them, but I think they have enough other guys who are pretty good. Druen is up with them again, and he has a huge chip on his shoulder. 
Um, so I think they have some interesting factors there. But at the same time, the Detroit Red Wings have guys who are exciting and always seem to somehow stay alive. So I'm not really sure who I think will win. I don't even know who I think has the edge <laughs> in this series. Yeah, I, I don't either. I want the Lightning to win, but I don't know. Yeah, that is probably the series that I'm the most, like, question mark, question mark about. I'm going to pick the Lightning because I love the Lightning. Um, yeah. I'm super biased. But I think it'll be fun to, to watch some of those guys go, go against each other. Yeah. All right, and then the Panthers and the New York Islanders. I'm... 100% rooting for the Panthers. I I think the Panthers will win it. Uh, but I have to admit, I don't actually have any rooting interest in this particular series. Um, I don't have anything against either team, but I also just don't have a team that I'm pulling for. So I just I think hope... it's because I care so little about the Islanders. That's fair. So I think funnier thing. Obviously, I don't pay that much attention to these teams. Um, I think funnier things happen with the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I have people, I like Jonathan Huberdeau. Yes. I mean, Willie Mitchell's on there. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey, whatever. (laughs) Yes. Kevin Spacey's on the Panthers. Kevin Spacey's on the Panthers. (laughs) And I can only root for that. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, I think it'll be, I think the Panthers are really fun this season, uh, but I just don't have a preference between the two teams. I guess, yeah, I'm going to pick the Panthers. I think the Panthers will win that. I don't know how in how many games, <laughs> but I picked the Panthers. Oh, yeah, no, I have no – this is already asking too much. Asking <laughs> who's going to win. I have opinions about how many games with the Kings and the Sharks, but everything else I'm like, ah, okay. who knows. Forget the other rounds for a second. Just tell me who do you think is going to be the Stanley Cup final <laughs> as of today. I think Kings-Penguins. I agree. Sorry, right? Capitals. It's I know. Insane. We're like rooting for them. We're like, oh, come on. Flyers, Capitals. <laughs> yeah. Don't think any of you guys are going to make it past the semifinals. <laughs> um, or, well, maybe. You'll lose in the conference finals. Whatever. I think but King, I think it, I think it'll be Ping- – yeah, I think it'll be Kings-Penguins. Yeah. That's that's what I'm hoping to see. I think Kings-Capitals will be fun, but I'm just so delighted by the idea of Sidney Crosby versus Andre Kopitar for an entire series. Right? Okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> the more I think about it. So let's hope that happens. I also just want them to shake hands Please. and, like, whisper sweet nothings to each other. <laughs> like, oh, you did so well. Like, obviously, who knows who won in this right, right. weird imaginary <laughs> scenario that I have in my head. But, like, the idea of them just, like, shaking hands and being burly yeah. is, is really appealing to me. And you have, like, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby, Team Canada yeah. buddies. There's just so much to, like, you have... Jonathan Quick, Marc-Andre Fleury, who have both been criticized a lot in very similar ways in terms of eliteness. Yep. That's a pretty mm-hmm. fun narrative. Um, yeah, I think it could be fun. And, and Evgeny Malkin trying to fight somebody, presumably, he seems to do that randomly. He's, oh, he's going he's gonna to fight Jonathan Quick. <laughs> That'll finally be the time. <laughs> It'll be the time. Everyone thought it was going to be a goalie-on-goalie fight, but really, Jonathan Quick's going to throw down with Evgeny Malkin. You you might have, assuming he's not injured, former Junior King Mo Bennett playing against his hometown team. There are so many fun elements to that potential final. That's what I think it's going to be. I like it. Well, uh, we're we're gonna lock in that uh, <laughs> that prediction right we're now. We're going all in on Kings fans. All in. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that's pretty much um, us. What we got to start for the playoffs. We're gonna try to record a short podcast after every game. Hopefully, there are not as many in terms of 
how long it takes for them to get <laughs> to winning the Stanley <laughs> Cup. But hopefully there are a number of them because they're still in. All right, everybody, take care. Um, we will talk to you after game one, which is Thursday. And be good to each other. Try not to freak out too much. It's playoff time. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Get excited. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends. <laughs>